Are you exasperated or what? Well, in this podcast series where myself, Tom Fox, and my co-host, Greg Greenberg, author of Effing Argentina, we explore the current American psyche of being overworked, overwhelmed, overtired, and overleveraged. So find out about our exasperation, well, with exasperation. In the latest edition to the Compliance Podcast Network, we unpack some current exasperations in American life. I'm your co-host, Tom Fox. And I'm Greg Greenberg, the author of F in Argentina, and 10 More Tales of Exasperation. There's a whole lot of exasperation in this book. Skinny book, a lot of exasperation, though. So this season on F in Argentina, we're talking about exasperation. Each day, it's nearly impossible to complete a full day without lashing out at some object, animate or otherwise, that's causing intense irritation, frustration. And in today's episode, we explore exasperation with the tale of a lost handbag. Or purse. What's what's the proper way to say it nowadays, Tom? Satchel. Uh, I would say purse because you identify uh-huh. a time and place of perhaps an older woman. Oh, okay. Pocketbook, handbag, purse. Either way, it gets lost in this story. So this is one of my favorite stories because it's a place I am familiar with, and I could actually see uh, our narrator as he uh, panically ran. Uh, around uh, Schubert Alley and indeed back into the theater. But uh, Greg, uh, for those who don't know, you're an award-winning the winning playwright, and you currently have a play off Broadway. So the theater district is something you're very familiar with. So I really enjoyed how you were able to tie that uh, passion and love into this story. But what is Schubert Alley, and why is it so famous? So right in the middle of Broadway is a little stretch. It's not really a square like you had down south with the streets going around, but there's a little nice little patch of concrete. Uh, and it's, it's next to all the theaters, including the Schubert. So when you exit a play, you know, all the plays, they'll, they'll start and end around the same time. So, you know, when they all let out, it really kind of fills up. And when, when, the, when it's time for the show to start or the, you know, theaters to start down there, it, it really empties out. And Junior's is down there, and Carmine's down there, and there's a lot of tourists down there. Um, and it's generally, uh, you know, a place where, you know, most New Yorkers won't go unless they're seeing a show. But there's a lot of people from, as I say in the story, there's a lot of people from the Midwest who go there just to look around. But it's, it's Schubert Alley. It's, it's a famous little stretch in New York City. But you, you get, when you come here, you got to go. You just got to go. And if you're from New York, you might actually be outside one of the stage doors on Schubert Alley because there are stage doors, so a lot of people wait uh, for the actors to come out. So why don't you uh, tell us the story, and why is our narrator so terrified, Greg? So growing up, the one thing that always terrified me is if my mother would say, I lost my pocketbook, because then it would really, my dad would freak out because that was a cue for him to find that pocketbook. And we didn't even know what was in that pocketbook. You know, it, it's, it could have been a nuclear bomb for all we knew, or it just could have been some, you know, some sweet and lows and, uh, and, and, and some hair curlers and stuff like that. But it didn't matter because as soon as my mom said, I think I lost my pocketbook, my dad returned to James Bond to have to save the world and get that pocketbook. And I thought it was a great premise for the story uh, that a, a young man is, uh, is around my age, is taking his mother in to see a show and all of a sudden she says, I think I lost my pocketbook. And he's got to find that pocketbook in the middle of a crowded Schubert Alley before his mom really melts down. So you alluded to Midwesterners or other tourists who might be in Schubert Alley, and you actually have them as characters. 
why uh, Midwesterners and how do they relate to this story? I, I just thought it was funny because the, the mother in the story says, I lost my pocketbook. And then the son is a middle-aged guy. He's got to run around and find that pocketbook uh, before, well, it, you know, it's gone forever. And, and his mother is going to be very, very distressed and very angry and upset and, uh, and downtrodden on the way back to, uh, you know, on the way to the diner, which is where you always go in New York after you go to the theater. Um, so anyway, so he's banging around. He's running around a very crowded shoe rally and he bangs into some, a Midwestern couple. And, and, and it was funny because the Midwestern couple who gets knocked down apologizes to him. And that's just, it's just a very New Yorker thing to do. You know, we're not going to really apologize, but for some reason, the Midwestern people are so nice that they, they apologize to a New Yorker for knocking them over. I just thought that was fun. Uh, actually, I thought there was a lot of truth in that. Uh, there's a second character, though, and for those who have been with us through the series, they may get, begin to suspect you have a soft spot in your heart for police officers. Because we've got a cop in this story on Schubert Alley. Those uh, who listen to other pods obviously remember Officer Krupke. But what's the role of the cop and how do you use him in really a hugely comedic scene? So I have the, the guy run over to the cop and say, you know, have you seen my mom's pocketbook? Which is, which is kind, of, kind of funny. Um, and then he said he hadn't. So then he says, you know something, instead of looking for my mom's pocketbook, he says, officer, will you watch my mom while I run around like an idiot trying to find my mom's pocketbook, go and go back into the theater to see if she left it there. And I have a feeling, Tom, that, that myself or, you know, or my, my dad or whoever else this has happened to in their lives, we're not the only guys that have run around trying to find a lost pocketbook. I don't think that it, you know, I alone have felt the, uh, the exasperation and the, the fear, the outright fear of not finding a pocketbook that might have been left in the movies or on the subway or somewhere else. Have you ever felt that fear? Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, but here's what I loved about this cop. Uh, as the narrator brings his mother over, he very gently says to her, young lady, how may I help you? And I could just see the narrator's mother melting at that point. Not only is this an authority figure, but he's just called her a young lady. Well, not to make this into a bigger thing is, is that uh, off police officers are asked to do a whole lot of things that are probably not in their job description. And, and I think... You know, once again, this is a much bigger subject, but, uh, you know, when they could be out stopping crime, they're doing something nice as, you know, watching over someone's mother while you know, her idiot kid is running around trying to find a pocketbook. And it's, you know, it's all part of to, to protect and serve, which I think is the cop's motto or it might be the, the, the Cub Scouts is be prepared. It, they got to protect and serve. I think that's that's police officers. But, you know, police officers, they're always serving uh, New Yorkers in a lot of different ways. And I thought that, you know, Dropping someone's mother off to, you know, for the cop to watch her. I, I thought it was a nice little touch. So then you bring us to my final care or your final character, which I have to say is as stereotypical a New York character as I can think of, which is the hard ass usher. How does our narrator, uh, how does he run into the usher and how does he deal with it? So the narrator figures out, look, I didn't drop the, she didn't drop the, the handbag anywhere in Schubert Alley. It must be back in the theater. So he runs back into the theater, and even though the show is let out and there's no one in the theater, he's trying to re-enter the, the theater, but the usher says, you can't come in without a ticket, which is nonsensical because there's not even a show. So he's, he's trying to explain, say, look, I'm just trying to see if I left something under the seat. And the usher is 
uh, is so fascistic or, you know, uh, he's, he won't let him in without this. So he finally finds the ticket and he runs back to the seat where he was and thank the Lord the pocketbook was there under the seat. But it's not without a lot of trauma, not a lot of, of, of service. So you end this story uh, with a scene with two food products, and I thought they were perfect. A Sanka, if anyone remembers what Sanka is or was, and rice pudding. What's a Sanka, and what's a rice pudding, and why do you have them in the diner? Well, you know, look, this is, this is a, a, a young a guy, a middle-aged guy, taking his mom to the theater. It was awfully nice of him. You know, and in the, in, the, in the story, you do actually end up finding out what was in her pocketbook. And there were some bobby pins in there and, and a rain poncho and, and a few things that are, you know, a bit of a different generation, Aquanet, you know. So Sanka is, it's my parents' generation. It's that instant coffee and she has a taste for it. And rice pudding is, rice pudding is underrated. Let me just, it's one of those things you only really get in diners. And, and as soon as you get it, you know, like you always leave the diner saying, why don't I get rice pudding more until the next time you go to the diner? A little bit of cinnamon on top. They don't have that in Texas. What do you have down there? Uh, we uh, certainly have rice pudding, uh, but we tend to have a cobbler or some kind of pie oh, at a diner. All right. So, With your ribeye, right? Uh, you have, to have my, like, that 46-ounce ribeye, and then you have a little slice of pie. Well, maybe not so little. <laughs> because, as my father would say, if you have a big meal, you have to balance it with a big dessert. Otherwise, you're out of balance. That's, that's true. And everything's uh, bigger in Texas. Right. So for my quote out of this story, uh, I, I could just feel the pain in this quote. So I'm going to read it. Worst car ride home ever, even worse for dad. Uh, tell us about the pain dad felt and the narrator. So the narrator was just reminiscing about when he was a kid and he would watch what would happen if his mother lost her pocketbook and her dad was sent to find it and he didn't come back with the pod, with the pocketbook. So... As tough a guy as his father was, and as much as his father thought that he was in charge of the household, if he didn't come back with that lost pocketbook, he knew the hell he was going to take from his mom. So I think it also, it also a, it's a comment on the fact that even guys who think that they're the toughest guys of all time, it really, you know, it's the mother of, of the household who, who really rule the roost and can really make life miserable for you if you don't really uh, succumb or, or fulfill their wishes. Or find the pocketbook. Find book. that damn pocketbook. You're right. <laughs> so I hope our listeners will join us again for our next episode. Greg? I think you definitely should. We've been having so much fun so far. And get the book, Amazon and all these other places where they sell bad books. <laughs>